How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Let's get back to the calls. 877-337-6666. Really, any topic up for grabs. Started the show talking about the Mets and the Yankees. We've thrown in some Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Even got into a little contract talk. Eric is calling from Kearney, New Jersey. What's up, Eric? Hey, how you doing, Sal? Great show. Thank you. Hey, listen, the one thing that I always, I, I can never wrap my head around is the fact that these guys, once they get paid, they never live up to their contracts. I think one-third of the contract should be guaranteed. The rest of it should be up for grabs. What do you think? Well, how – tell me how that would – what do you mean? Like, okay, the first – you know, the first two years are guaranteed. I mean, the NFL is kind of operating under – are you talking about baseball specifically? Right. Like, the baseball, especially baseball players, they seem like they're the softest contract. Like, as soon as anything happens, as soon as they get paid, the next year, you're lucky if you get 140 games out of them. I would say, like, say like they're supposed to make five million dollars, guarantee them like two million, and you'd see how many more of these players would actually live up to their contract. Well, I do think that the owners would want that. The problem is the way that the salary is structured, and you know, there's no cap. The contracts are guaranteed. The players would never go for it. And you talk about having a strike. You talk about having lockouts. You're talking about major labor dispute. Once they've gotten to a point where they are now, I don't think you could ever go backwards. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going based off of fairness, the problem is you have guys that would earn the contract, right? Let's say they play so hard, they earn the contract. Correct. Then they get the contract, and now they lose motivation. They're not um, as hungry as they once were, whatever it may be. You're right. I mean, that's part of the problem with the structure of the system in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Absolutely. If you guaranteed them one-third, I guarantee you most of these players would live up to their contract. Right, because they'd be playing harder every single year. They'd, they'd want to get out there. Uh, but the the problem is, how are you going to get the players to go for that, Eric? Yeah, that's 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 the big problem with the baseball contracts. With the, with the, yeah. so but then, even in football, the owners, there's no reason for these owners to be giving guys like Deshaun Watson guaranteed money for, you know, guaranteed contracts. There's well, no reason for him to come back and, and play hard or do anything. Right. The Browns 
were stupid and desperate. So they made the bad, and that's why they had to do it, to be able to get Deshaun Watson there. And that's going to set a, or did set a bad precedent for the rest of the contracts in the NFL. But you're right. See, the NFL then maybe has the better contract structure. I hate it because I don't think it's fair to the players. But from a team and owner standpoint, hey, you produce, you're going to get picked up. Your money's going to be guaranteed. You don't produce, we're going to cut you and move on. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine? And none of these, as soon as, as soon as they had the first, you know, injury, they wouldn't come back for the rest of the season if they were guaranteed. Right. I mean, I guess the way that you you bring it up there, Eric, and good call. Thank you for the call. You make a good point. It's probably, it's not fair when other sports have guaranteed contracts, especially other sports that are far less physical and potentially harmful than the NFL. But the NFL probably has the best contract you know, system in place from the fair slash owner's perspective. Like, if guys perform, they're going to get paid. If you don't perform, there's a chance you're getting cut. I don't know. There is no perfect answer to it. And, you know, each sport varies with their rules. Obviously, the best player, the, the best one for the players is Major League Baseball. I mean, the NBA is not bad either, by the way. But, yeah, I, I, you know, it should be performance-based. You'd like to have guys go out there and earn their money. That's why I think contracts with incentives are really good. And guys are incentivized to go out there and have good individual years or you know, good team years, whatever it may be. You just feel like the motivation might be lost. If somebody gives you whatever job it is that you're doing out there, if your boss offers you a guaranteed five-year contract for whatever dollar amount, I mean, th- there is a... I don't know. Maybe there is a feel. Well, I, I guess you can't relate it, right? Because if it's a five-year deal, you're still going to be motivated because you need to earn a living the rest of your life. In baseball, once you get one of those deals, that's it. You're set. You sign a five, eight, whatever-year deal, especially the big ones, the 10-year deals, you're, you're done. You're never going to need another contract. That's it. So the motivation is just naturally not there the way that it is when you're working toward that guaranteed contract and you want that big-time money. Human element. Charlie is calling from Beth Page. What's up, Charlie? Charlie, how you doing, buddy? Good, Charlie. How are you? I'd be better if I wasn't driving on the LIE listening to all this sleep talk. you got to put me to sleep in yeah. the car. Sorry, you gotta, you got to be careful out there. Yeah, well, tell me about it. I don't believe how many cops are out here on this. I'm going out to pick up my mom to take her to the airport. And she's going to Florida, but I know what you mean by these days you're talking about. I've been up since 7.30 in the morning, work, going to work at 3, and now I'm going all the way out to Riverhead to take her to the airport and Islip, and then go back to Riverhead and stay with my father take care of him for a week. So. Oh, man, that's a long, yeah, that's a long day, and it's going to be a long week. I know the feeling. <laughs> 
Yes, it is. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't believe people can even talk about uh, wanting Jackson. Rodgers is the only thing we can do. And that's the only route we're going to do. And they're going to get Rodgers. It's just going to take a while to deal with getting uh, what Green Bay wants. And the deal's going to get done. It's just going to take a little time. But there's no other no other scenario I want. We need Rodgers here. No, it's not long term. So for the short term, it's the best thing for the Jets. Yeah, yeah right. Who cares about long term if you're talking about two peak years or two max years here? With this Jets team led by Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why anybody would be worried about year three or five or whatever. Focus on the now with this team. Yeah, we, we haven't won in a long time. I want the now, okay? 2010 was way too long ago. So we got to do it now, and he puts us on a different track. That doesn't make us Super Bowl contenders. Anything can happen, but at least it puts us in the right direction, a direction we haven't been in a long time. You know, I do think, Charlie, and good luck uh, taking care of your parents. You're a good man. You're a good kid, Charlie. Um, I do think it puts the Jets in the conversation for a Super Bowl. That's what I mean when I say Rodgers gets them in the conversation. It's not to make the playoffs. It's to be in the Super Bowl and potentially go win one. They have a chance. Is it likely? No. Are they going to be favorites? No, of course not. Not with Cincinnati and Kansas City in the AFC. You want to throw in Buffalo? Sure. I do think the Jets could compete for the AFC East with Rodgers. And I do think the Jets have as good of opportunity as anyone else. They're not better than the Bengals or the Chiefs and maybe not the Bills, but they are in that conversation to where it is not far-fetched to think that the Jets could go from what they were this past year, a non-playoff team yet again, 2010 to your point, and be a team that could go out there and compete legitimately for a Super Bowl. That's the difference with Rodgers. And by the way, it's not just Rodgers, clearly. It's what's around him as well. It's what they do with the draft, whatever picks they have after the trade. There's a lot to it. Ben is calling from Long Island. What's up, Ben? Great. How are you doing, Sal? Uh, I'm okay. What's on your mind? I really appreciate you doing the, the overnights on the week after hearing your whole story. Every week, all week. Well, I mean, I'm assuming you're up overnights. Are you working the overnights as well? What's your deal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you know how it is. It's I, I've life. got a very, yeah, I've got a very unconventional point. I mean, a very unorthodox idea here. And and I can already guess, I can guess your answer already. But how, what do you think about Gary Sanchez and the Mets? Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? Good morning, Sal. How you doing? Did you just, like, not answer that? Is that what just happened? Or did yeah, I I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. Wow. I don't, think it's, I, don't think it's the, I don't think it's the question that's bad. I feel like Ben, and I could be wrong, and if I am, I apologize, but I feel like Ben is one of those guys who was a uh, a prankster. So I just, oh, rather than, okay, okay, okay. yeah, I didn't no, think we were going I, I, down I, the road. 
Yeah, no, I thought it was just the whole, like, are you crazy? Like, I'm not even entertaining that and just hung out. No, That's what I thought it was. No, I mean, if he were legitimate, like I said, I apologize. But he sounded, the voice sounded familiar. And I think that he's a a common prankster. Um, okay, okay. And the, what are the Mets going to do with Gary Sanchez? I mean, come on. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. That, 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 if, if, that, if, if the reason I thought it was was the reason why, then I was fine with that. But it's good that you cleared it up. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I want to say before I get into my point, I'm going to tell you right now, Sal, a few years from now, right? Because if, if it happens that she's the only one that you have, which is what happened with mine, mm-hmm. by the time she got to about maybe four or five, there were times, and it, it less like Marco said, it wasn't with the wife, it was just me and her. But we would have these, like, sometimes Saturday mornings, whether it was the bicycle or if we were just playing catch, you know, like early before anybody else got to the park, like, you know, around like uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock or something like that. Just me and her. And then sometimes even right after that, because I live not too far from Yankee Stadium, there used to be a, a like a breakfast kind of diner spot that was around Yankee Stadium called Unity. Mm-hmm. She used to look forward to that so much. We would go out, we would either ride a bike or... You know, we throw, uh, throw the baseball around, play catch, because I thought my daughter was actually going to be the first female shortstop for the Yankees, <laughs> but that's another story. Yeah. And then right after that, we take a walk over to Unity, sit down and have some breakfast, and it was a good time for me and her to bond, just me and her. So, I like that. You know, I, I can hear you with the stuff with, like, the everybody else around, but those kind of moments when it's just you and her, it, it'll be a beautiful time. Yeah, I'm looking, I, I am looking, not that you want to rush her growing up, but I can't even believe it's been two years, but I am looking forward to that when she becomes a little more independent, and then her and I can go, you know, to the diner, whatever it may be. I, I do, or, or go to a game. Uh, I look forward to that. And that's the cool thing because it's not even so much just about her being more independent, but about you being more independent with her as a father. Because I know with me, I, I, I can't speak for you, but I know with me, when she was a, like younger than, let's say, like two or younger, as much as I moved around with her by myself, it was more of a thought process because you know. But she got older. She could say, "Daddy, yo, I'm hungry. Daddy, we've been walking." Right. Daddy can, when you know it can't communicate, like, you're right. It's, it makes it a little more challenging for sure. No, most definitely. But to get into my sports stuff, man, um, two things I wanted to talk about with the Jets, and then I got one Yankee point that'll probably blow your mind, and you'll call me a fool. But we can get to that after. Hmm. The, the the two Jets points. I feel like, and it's funny how uh, Joe Douglas actually said. I heard some audio that they played. I can't remember whose show it was. But they played some audio with Joe Douglas talking about something. He mentioned something about disingenuous if he was to try to go and start negotiating with Lamar or somebody else. And it's funny how he used that word because I feel like Green Bay are the ones who are being disingenuous right now. If you remember a couple weeks ago, the talk was that the Jets and Green Bay already had a deal worked out. And the only thing that was holding it up was Aaron saying, I'm uh, playing. Right, they were wrong. You sent me. Obviously, those those reports were obviously wrong. Well, I don't even know if they were totally wrong or if maybe it really was at that. And now that things are happening, Green Bay is trying to be disingenuous and say, oh, no, 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 let's milk this for all we can. And, you know, and let's try to get as much as we can. Let's stick it to Aaron. Let's just just blow this up because the Jets need us so much right now. We're all locked in on this that, they, you know, there's no way else for us to go. And the only other thing that scares me about that with the time is that dark horse thing. Because initially, once you heard the Raiders got car. Miami uh, ex- uh, extended to a, you know, there were a lot of other teams that you were hearing about that you thought might have been in the run and they just kind of fell out. But then, you know, the more time that goes on, things happen and all of a sudden, you know, people check, maybe somebody gets hurt or something. I don't know. But that stuff kind of scares me. I do feel good, though, even with the way that they were talking about Odell. And it's not even so much Odell, 
But the fact that one thing that scared me with Aaron's money was that they weren't going to be aggressive with other things. And clearly from what you're seeing, that is not the case. No, they it's are not. They're going to be, they, they, exactly, they're going to be aggressive. I, I mean, I'm, I was surprised to hear Joe Douglas and his legit interest in Odell. But you're right, they have other guys out there. The Jets are going to be looking to be aggressive. They're going to have, you know, their picks in the draft, which ones they are, who knows. Well, I mean, we're assuming they're not going to give up a number one, but they're going to be able to build around Rodgers as well. Look, it's happening, Val. I mean, Rodgers is coming here, you know, and the Jets are building a loaded team around him. So it may not happen right now, may not happen on your time, but it's happening. Yeah. Well, I might have to sacrifice my... Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I might have to sacrifice my Yankee point, because you just brought up something that I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about as well. Because... See, now I just lost my train of thought. I was just about to ask you. Because one of the things that I also find kind of interesting with, with, with all of this is that it's not so much like I hear you. I have the same kind of uh, varied feelings when it comes to somebody, when it comes specifically to Odell. But if you look at the idea of Odell and not necessarily committed to his name, but somebody of that ilk, all they're really doing is making Wilson's job that much easier. The more receivers or bona fide receivers they put around him, the easiest is going to be for each and every single one of them to get off as far as separation and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I'm not really, like, honing in on the whole Odell thing, but the fact that somebody like that, that names like that or names that they're looking at, and that, that's a good thing. If I could slip in my Yankee stuff real quick and just ask you about this. You got a minute? Go ahead. Hurry up. All right. People are going to scream at me for saying this, but I just have this sneaky feeling that Aaron Boone could be a little bit, he's not going to be the only one, but he could be somewhat of an X factor for us this year. And I say that because of the fact that Manaya is in the room, Sabian's in the room. Like it's not just Brian barking orders down to him. And, you know, he's got three years. This is about to be his fourth year now as Yankee manager. Sooner or later, he's got to get the cojones Unless he really is that committed to the message that Brian says, he's got to have the cojones to say at some point, yo, I don't like this, I don't like that. And if they have other voices in the room, maybe he gets some allies that kind of boost his argument. I don't know. I I could be crazy about that. I do think he's comfortable enough, and thank you for the call, Val. We appreciate checking in, as always. I do think he's comfortable enough to pound the table, as he says, to be one of those big voices Within the Yankees organization. I mean, he's the manager of the team. He should be. He shouldn't just being told he shouldn't just be being told what to do. You know, go apply that data as the data applicator, we like to joke and, and call him. You know, Boone is I'll tell you, I watched the first interview that he did with um Talking Yanks, the podcast. He's gonna be on with them every week during the season. And uh I, I thought he came across well. I thought he was informative. You know, I, a part of me likes Boone. Now, he's got to become a good manager. I do think at times he's too reliant on the numbers and too much of a guy who's going to go based off of what the book says as opposed to his gut. And he's a baseball lifer. He should be able to go more with his gut as opposed to oh, matchups and lanes. I hate that talk. I get it to a certain extent, but I hate it. And it shouldn't be all about that. It shouldn't just be, well, I brought this guy in, and this is the lane we like him in. Yeah, well, it's not working for you. So try something else. Because you guys haven't been back to the World Series since 2009. Figure it out. A nice balance between the data and gut feel would be ideal. And Boone has not shown 
a balance there. He's been much more of the data, applying that data. But I do like him. As far as him being an X factor, I'm not sure about that. You know, Boone does believe Josh Donaldson is going to have a big year, big bounce back year. If that happens, I mean, Donaldson could be the X factor for the Yankees. Look, I mean, if they get that type of year from Donaldson, LeMayu's healthy, you know what he's going to do. You know, Volpe, the jury is out. Everywhere else, they're, I mean, they're loaded. You could get by without an everyday left fielder in the event that, you know, when Bader is out. Bader comes back. Tell me a more loaded team. If Donaldson is good, because right now I don't look at Donaldson as being any good, but let's just say that they're fully healthy. Judge in left, Bader in center, Stanton in right, LeMahieu, DH, Rizzo, Torres, Volpe, Donaldson, Trevino. I mean, that is a loaded freaking team. Now, unfortunately, they're not 100% healthy. And I'm not relying on Donaldson to be the impact player that Boone thinks he's going to be. If he doesn't, then maybe the Yankees consider moving some guys around in that infield. Whether it's calling up Peraza, moving Volpe to third, or just moving Peraza to third. You know, they say Peraza's the better shortstop, but you know, maybe that would be a scenario where the Yankees could try to get one of those other guys in there if Donaldson doesn't have it. But if Donaldson performs to the level that they thought he would when they traded for him, Yankees are going to be very different. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Difficult to beat. Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
877-337-6666 is the number to call. Opening day, Mets and Yankees. What else did I have on my list? Opening day, Mets and Yankees, two days away. I'll get to the, uh, we did the daughter stuff and the wife stuff. I'll get to the Islander game. Did you hear, Fleegs, that they were making fun of me on the morning show yesterday? Apparently, I woke up to some text uh, about that for the Islander game. I will address that at 445. Boomer, for, for going to a game? Boomer and Gio, well, because I got invited to the Islander game again in the owner's suite. And Gio texted me because people because they put me on the Jumbotron again. And Gio was like, you were at the game? What happened? You didn't tell me you were going? He was like all worried that I was stealing his contact or something. I don't know what the hell was going on. And then Boomer was ripping me, calling me a leech, uh, saying uh, I'm leashing on and, and using Gio's contact. Uh, it just they, they just made up stories for the entertainment of the show, which I'm all for. I mean, I get that. We, as we said, we exaggerate for effect. But it happened to me on the, uh, with them on Friday with the Sports Minute. I don't know if you heard about no, that. No, what happened? What they uh, do? Long story. There, there was... Something happened with the sports minutes that they they joked that it was me just wanting to get out of here on a Friday, which uh, okay. was obviously not the case. And they, you know, right? Why they knew let, it was. It's you know, like you said, we exaggerate for effect. Yeah, why let facts get in the way of a good story? But in this particular case, they were making me out to be some I don't know some hanger on that's looking for a freebie handout, which is anything but the case. Anyway, I want to address it when Gio is listening, so we'll do so. Hopefully in the 4 o'clock hour uh, at some point. 877-337-6666. Jason is calling from Waterbury, Connecticut. What's up, Jason? Hey, Sal. How are you, brother? What's going on? How are you, Jason? Hey, doing well, man. You guys are great, man. You guys are so entertaining. I'm working third shift um, in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, working overnight. So it's it's great to listen to you guys, man. And uh, thanks for your entertainment, man. We appreciate Um, you listening. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I know you, we we were you guys were talking about this maybe like forty minutes ago with the with the um with the contract. You know what? I I I just disagree about um you know when it comes to baseball players what these guys do because these guys play one hundred sixty two games and and for the most part they play a lot of games. I got a big problem with the NBA players getting uh getting max deals and getting guaranteed deals because these these NBA players are such a disgrace. They don't even these guys don't even play. I, I mean, baseball players play 162 games. Oh, no, they don't. Not not anymore. But they play hard. Sal, they play 140, 150. Oh, I see what you're saying. The the season is every day. Well, I mean, look, uh, some guys play uh, the majority of the games. I don't know what. It's a different sport. I mean, you yeah. know, obviously baseball is the, the most games in uh, in their sport. They play the most games yeah. per league, so it's going to be yeah. a lot more. Yeah, but you know what, Sal? These guys get, you know, these guys are, are on first first class, uh, uh, you know, uh, playing, t- you know, playing rides. These guys are getting unbelievable mm-hmm. hotel room suites, these NBA players, and only five of these NBA players played 82 games last year. I mean, look at John Wall. You believe John Wall's making, he made $40 million this year, and he hasn't played, he hasn't played 40 games in, in three or four years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And a couple of years. I mean, it's, are these, it's just, and I liked Wall in college. I mean, he's a heck of a player in Kentucky, but are these, it seems like when these guys are playing college basketball, they're, they're competitive. You know, these guys, they, they want it. They want to play hard. And as soon as they get to the NBA and these guys get these deals, number one, they shut it down. Load management's wrecked the NBA. I, I never thought I would stop watching the NBA. I loved the NBA for years. Never thought I would ever, ever not watch the NBA anymore. But it's become between, you know, the three-point shot, 
you know, which has wrecked the game. I mean, it, to me, it's just not a competitive game, the, M- M- the NBA anymore. You know what I mean? I love college basketball. It's different. I'd rather watch that. I it's mean, it's, it's, just, it's just different. I mean, yeah. for me, I lost interest, and I wasn't sure if it was the way the game evolved or if it was because the Knicks were just so bad for so long. Yeah, you know, now the, yeah, now yeah. the Knicks have gotten back uh, into it. It's more, you know, the Knicks are, Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah. I'm more into it because the Knicks are better, so it makes yeah. it more fun. But even, you know, a game like last night. But I do like Brunson. Yeah, well, Brunson's you know, fun Brunson's to watch. Big time, he, he's he he's right fun to watch. Hell of a job with him. He, he's fun to watch. He's a player. Yeah. You know, Emmanuel yeah, quickly is. going off last night. I like watching him too. But yeah, quickly played great. He did. You're right. Yeah, I mean there are, there are frustrating things. The lack of defense, the lack yeah, of intensity. It's so different. Yeah. The 80s and 90s were the best time in the NBA. It's, I mean, with Jordan and Bird and Ewing and and Barkley and all these guys. It's just Dominique Wilkins, Drexler. Mm. It's just so different to watch today. It's it's hard for me. It's it's just hard to watch. Like I said, these guys, the fact of the matter that, you know, they'll go on a road trip to a, to a city they've only, they'll only play in one time the whole year, and these, these star players, they don't suit up. They don't play. Do you think – th- this is my point, Jason. Uh, yeah. Do you think that to a man, the NBA yeah. players or the teams care to win every game in the regular season? No, they just don't, they just don't care about the game enough, these NBA players. Correct. Completely spoiled. So, so then why, yeah. if they don't care enough about it, then yeah. why would we? Yeah, why would we care? And that's what I'm saying. I mean, between the three-point shot and between how com- how competitive it isn't anymore. I mean, imagine Jordan and Ewing and Barkley hooking up and playing together. No. Imagine Dominique. I mean, these guys, they, they wanted to compete against each other. Correct. You know, except for the 92 Dream Team where, you know, America and the gold medal brought them together. But besides that, you're not going to see uh, Bird, Jordan, Pippen, Ewing, Barkley, and those guys get together, Dominique. It's, about, it's about competition. And thank you for the call, Jason. It's about competition. And if there's not great competition and the will or desire to win from either side, then it's not, to me, sports. It's not worth watching. The whole point of why we love sports is the competition, the competitive nature of the teams, of the athletes. And sometimes in sports, and I think it happens with Major League Baseball too, with these guys fraternize uh, fraternize all the time and hang out with each other and their best buds. We're back, back in my day, you know, in the 80s or 90s, whatever, these guys would not be friends. I don't know if they would necessarily hate each other, but they wouldn't be all lovey-dovey the way that it is now. The jersey swab, everybody loves each other now. Which is fine after the whistle or after the game goes final. But I do feel like the competitiveness is not what it used to be with today's athletes. You know, Ewing and those 90s Knicks teams, Barkley and his son's teams, whatever, pick a team. Those guys, they didn't look at load management. They went out there and took every game on their schedule. Seriously. Every single game they wanted to go out there and win. Every single night. They took pride in competing to win every single night. Now, winning, competing, 
is not the top priority. Load management is. That's an issue. That's bad for the sport. I understand why they're trying to do it, but it's bad for the sport because you have too many of these games in the NBA in the regular season where they don't really mean anything. They're kind of like exhibition games. That's where I have a problem. When you start taking the competitiveness out, guys are hurt, guys need rest. All right, I guess it happens. But when you're purposely not doing everything you can to win on that night by fielding your best lineup or your best team, I think that that's a problem. And I don't know why I would want to watch if that's the case. Chris is calling from Beacon. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. How are you, man? How are you doing? Um, I'm going to just mention something about the Jets at the end. I have a couple of topics, uh, unsports-related, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. All right, so I heard the whole conversation today, if you don't mind. Um, basically, Boomer started out asking Gio. He has a lot of friends. Do you ever have leeches in your life? And I guess, you know, Gio, you know, getting friends through Boomer and going straight to his friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then it led to you going to the Islanders game with Gio. And then the contact he had, you went directly to the source instead of going through Gio or even letting Gio know you were doing that. Right, that's what they said. But yeah. let me just correct it. I didn't go to anybody. Yeah, well, you know, that's where that's where you know that's like the game of telephone. You get one thing. No, here, but it's a it's, it's a pretty big thing. difference. It's a yeah. pretty big difference where they made it sound like I was leeching on to Geo's contact and reached out and said, "Hey, Islanders, can you get me back in the suite?" That is not what happened. They reached out to me and said, "You do you want to come? Anytime you want to come, we want to have you and your nephew out." That's what they said multiple times. They reached out. Oh, you know, Boomer Gio like like is dramatic, so that's how, how it goes. But yeah. then, but then Gio said that the guy that you went to put you guys in a group chat and said thanks, Sal, for being a good sport. And then Gio said Sal did not respond. That is true. I did respond to him on and, the side. Gio just threw out there that I think Sal got disrespected because on the jumbotron they put Sal Licata, right. Gio sidekick. Right, but that is it is true that I did not respond in the group text, but I did respond yeah. separately. And then I think Boomer is running with it because he just can't stand that you're going to Islander games. He won't. He just won't let up on that. Yeah. He's well. I, well. You know what? Boomer, who's got season tickets to the Rangers. You know how many times <laughs> he's invited me to go to the game? Zero. Correct. So the Islanders, <laughs> the Islanders in the owners' suite have invited me once on their own. Geo obviously took me the other time. Boomer, who I've worked with for how many years, has invited me invited me zero times. And how many times have Dolan invited you to the Rangers games like that? Zero. Zero times. Exactly. Yeah. So why not? You know. Matter of they, fact, matter of fact, I've been kicked out of the garden as a paying customer once for no good reason. And we've had our credentials uh, revoked as a station, which well, I think is still in play. We can't even, go, can't even go to so, the game with credentials. Leave the Rangers! Yeah. <laughs> you know how Dolan gets down with that stuff. Um, can't disrespect him. And then two quick, quick things. I remember you talking earlier with the guy about not wanting to be around too much people and saying to yourself, I was telling my wife the other day, we were talking about, even though it was a bad time for the world, the best time of our life was the COVID lockdowns. When I had an excuse from the government to stay away from friends and family, <laughs> I was love. we were loving life. Just stay on FaceTime. Stay away. Six freaking feet. Stay away from me. Yeah. And we, we had a good time. We had an excuse not to be around nobody. Right. Not Sorry, can't come, COVID. Sorry, won't be able to make it, COVID. Yeah. Good. It was good stuff. And then, look, Sal, I told you with the overnight stuff, 
I get home on Friday morning. I just all I need is a few hours sleep. If I don't, my wife gets home at six o'clock at night. I'm falling asleep by seven. So I get a few hours sleep. I'm good to go. I can stay up two, three in the morning on Friday. Doesn't really matter because when I wake up Saturday, Saturday is the best day because you have nothing to worry about. You can go do what you have to do, but there's no work Saturday night. It's good. But when you wake up Sunday, you know a few hours later it starts all over again and it's ruined. I like I don't I don't watch. I can't watch any prime time football games on Sunday. So what Monday, time? What Thursday. time does your work week start? I have to go in at eleven o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah, right. So That's, That's the thing. Why I, I can't. I can't watch any football at eight o'clock at night. I'm, I'm going to sleep at five six o'clock so I can get a few hours sleep, or I'm done. You know, and I mean, I do, and I do the energy drink side. I'm telling you that forty now, my heart is racing at night, but I can't. I can't stay up. I got three hours sleep yesterday, uh, Sunday, and I got three hours sleep even today. I couldn't even sleep really today. It's hard to sleep today. So if I don't drink, drink the energy drinks, I'm done. You know, I, I just can't. I the can't other, function. the other bad part about it, and thank you for the call, Chris. The other bad part about it, you touched on it. That Sunday night. So even though, like, I'm not on, my work week starts Monday morning, 2 a.m. Um, so even though I'm not on technically Sunday night, Monday morning, 2 a.m., might as well be Sunday night. And then you have that weighing over you the entire day. Like, at least if you work normal hours and work in the morning, you go into work. You know, you wake up, all right, I got to go to work. Yeah, it sucks, like everything else, but I get up early, go to work. You're not thinking about it all day. When you have to go in at 2 a.m. the next morning, it, it just weighs on you all Sunday. It can become mentally challenging where I try to sometimes just keep it out of my mind and not even get caught up in it and worry about it when I have to. You know, try to have the day, enjoy myself, do what I got to do, don't stress, don't worry about it, and then eventually, you know, okay, I got to start preparing mentally for the show because otherwise it messes with you. Knowing that you got to get to bed just so you get a couple, uh, you know, hours in before you have to get up and go to work. We it it is a weird lifestyle, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, you get used to it like anything else. How do you do it? You just do it. You wake up, you do it, or you go to sleep, you do it. But doesn't mean that it's easy. And like I said, the hardest part is that it never, you never fully adjust to it. Unless you dive all in like Fleegs does and make it your main schedule, and that is your life, which I can't do that on weekends. You never adjust as the back and forth. Okay, now I'm good. I just got acclimated to the schedule. And then the weekend, it goes the other way. And then you get Monday, Tuesday, struggling to get in, and so on. Kevin is calling from Queens. Good morning, Kevin. How you doing, brother? My gosh, so I'll be trying to get to you since last week, man. Yeah, where you been? What's the matter? I've been around right here. Waiting for somebody to pick up my call. Oh, they're not, pick, they're not picking up your call? What's going on in there? Uh, you've been busy. You're a busy man these days. Mm. Listen, I, 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 read you, I read the article, and my gosh, Sal, like, give it to me. Those guys that, that give you a hard time, pass it to me, man. What article? To, um, the article about you smashing the headphones. You, you're more famous than you were before. Oh, I know the the Fox Sports one or the Fox News one. No, Google News, Google News. They got you on on, on uh, like a couple of days ago. They got the whole video, the whole thing. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Hey, that's good. Listen, I just want to say that um, I appreciate what you're doing for 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 radio broadcasting, man. You you like one of the last one left, um, left, um. You're like the last Mohegan of the whole of the whole uh, like uh, like generation. What's the name of the guy that, that you always um idolize? Who Russo? You talking about Chris Russo, Mike and the Mad Dog? 
No, no, no. The other guy. The one that, that with, the, with, the, with the poster. Remember you were complaining about somebody removed his poster? Oh, yeah, Francesa. Francesa and Russo. Francesa, yeah. yeah. Like, you, you, you mean that guy to all of us, you know, because these young guys, they're going to follow your footsteps, like EJ, uh, Paulie, uh, Brian McCain. My God, Brian, change that name, man. You remind me to that guy from the Braves. Who? But anyway. Who was the last one? Listen, don't hang up on me. I just want to make my opinion on the WBC. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, um, let me let me make this, let me make my point. Like, for example, Saul Lacara. If I want to listen to Saul Lacara and have a connection with him, where do I go? Uh, what do you mean to to listen to the radio? What source? What source? The radio, right? Yeah. If if I want to see Saul Lacara, where do I go? Oh, you go to TV, SNY, of course. Thank you. Yeah. So, which one? Which one is more, like more accessible to me? The radio. Or the TV, like which one gives me more that comfort, that connection with Salakara? Probably the radio. Thank you. And that's there. You have there. You have your answer. Why would I risk all all the the, the history from MOV, all all the excitement, all that for just a one month festival? Right. I you, wouldn't do that. You, you, to you're, me, you're saying that you don't like the WBC, is what I'm hearing. No, no, that. Uh, the radio, MOV is like the radio, and WBC is like the TV. You can only see. You can have that connection with the players like you have on MOV, you know? Yeah, That's because the saying. season, you're, bond you're saying you're bonding with the players throughout the course of a long season. Your team you. that you grew up yes. rooting for. Yeah, just totally yes. different. It's a different, right, the, the WBC is just a flash in the pan, quick exhibition. Again, I'm not saying that it's a, a crappy event. I never cared one way or another about it until this year. But you can't make it like it's better than baseball's regular season. It's not. No, I'm not saying, I'm yeah. not saying it's better. No, I know. I'm I agreeing think, with you. You know, and another thing is like, my God. You see, the whole thing is like a leverage. You know how hard it is to get a jersey from, from those players from the WBC? Oh, why are you trying to buy one? I tried to get one. You know, Dominican, you know, they are like you and Peter Show, you're trying to get a Team Hillary jersey too, and you couldn't. Because it's hard to afford. No, I just made my own hoodie. <laughs> Same as the Knicks. Yeah. Same as the Knicks. I've been trying to get Jalen Brunson jersey since, since he signed with the team, and all I could find is just like, Signing jerseys with his name in the back. I, I don't want his signature. I just want the jersey with his name in the back, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you should be able to find it. Thank you for the call, Kevin. Good to hear from you. You should be able to find a Jalen Brunson jersey. You know, the WBC stuff, sure, you could buy their merch, or you can just create your own worthless baseball classic hoodie like I did, as seen on Friday. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. 
Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.